you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso, and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And some exciting personal news, I am officially heading to Boston this September for the Missouri-Boston College football game. One of my favorite towns I've visited in this fine country, so I couldn't resist heading on down and, well, giving you all a first-hand account of the Tigers game against the Eagles. So, frankly, I'd like to, if I can, I'd like to make it down to one away game per season while I'm the host of the Locked On Mizzou podcast. But we shall see. No promises. I have other things going on in my life, of course. But, by the way, quickly before we get to the show, be sure to check out Trevor Sikma and Benjamin Solak on the Locked On NFL Draft podcast where it's always draft season. So follow the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. And hey, believe it or not, we are less than one month away from SEC Media Days. Just a little bit over a month, maybe six, seven weeks, whatever it is, until football practice actually begins. So yes, the offseason is quickly winding down here. And as a part of that, well, we've been looking forward to the season. And I've pointed out the upside for Missouri for the first half of the schedule has got to be 6-0, and including that Boston College game I just brought up. There isn't one game on that schedule for the first half that Missouri can't win. I really believe that. But on the other hand, let's just not be complete homers and take a more realistic look at that first half of the schedule What's the downside for the Tigers? Sure, they could be 6-0 and heading into the Texas A&M game when the Aggies come to Columbia, but what's the downside? What could go wrong for Missouri? Now, appropriately, why don't we start with the opener on September 4th against Central Michigan. Now, traditionally, the last 10, 15 years or so, the Tigers open up with a cakewalk at Memorial Stadium, unless they're opening with the Fighting Illini in St. Louis, for the most part, you can expect a comfortable victory for the Tigers. Well, it might be a hot one, by the way, 3 p.m. start here, but it also might be a closer game than you might be imagining because Central Michigan, not a not a 1AA team, not an FCS team. This is a real MAC FBS program. And you know, I'll, I'll confess to not spending a good chunk of my summer so far actually scouting the Chippewas. But they were 3-3 three and three last season in that condensed MAC schedule, having some fairly impressive results along the way, but also getting blown out by Ball State 45-20 in their second-to-last game. So it's hard to totally know what to make of that condensed schedule, right, in the 2020 campaign. But I will say this. I would certainly rather be playing Southeast Missouri State in the first game, which is currently sandwiched, the bread on the sandwich, the meat being at Kentucky and Lexington, of course. But wouldn't you rather start with Southeast Missouri State on the first? First of all, I don't even want to play these games. I find these FCS games to be completely non-competitive and boring, 
And that's when the Tigers are involved. When when no when, if another team is involved, if it's Florida or Georgia or something, I find them completely non-watchable unless there just happens to be an upset possibility deep into the fourth quarter. But having said that, if you're going to insist on playing an FCS team every season, well then by all means, make it your opener. Not only from a competitive standpoint, considering college football has no preseason, well, it makes a lot of sense to have a de facto preseason game be your opener, what amounts to a scrimmage for all intents and purposes. At least you hope so, right? But also from your fans' perspective, and here's something that almost nobody thinks about anymore. Once again, it's all about whoever's in charge, the coaches and the administrators versus the players. Nobody ever thinks about the fans anymore, which is complete insanity when you think about it. But before I go too too deeply down that path, the reality is if you're a fan, I'm much more excited about seeing that Southeast Missouri game in week one because I haven't seen my team yet. I haven't seen the Tigers take a snap. I haven't seen them do anything. But by the time the Central Michigan game has been played, you're going to have, again, week two in Kentucky. Now, obviously, the downside there is obvious. Missouri can easily lose that football game. Hell, until last year, they did it five years in a row. So there's the potential downside there. But the point is, the next week, after going down to Kentucky, win or lose, how excited are you as a Missouri fan going to be for Southeast Missouri State in week three? Probably not at all, especially considering, from from my perspective, the next week I'm going to be traveling to Boston, up in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts to be more specific. Well, yeah, that game holds pretty much zero appeal other than just being Mizzou football. So I'm the sucker. I'm going to go. I'm a season ticket holder. You've got my money. But at the same time, college football, can we please do something about this? I'm tired of these FCS games after week one. So bottom line, I'd say a 2-1 or 3-0 and start is very likely for Missouri. But let's break down the other three games on this first half of the schedule. But first, let's talk about a different sponsor for this podcast, and that is Made In. Hey, have you ever wondered how do all these great restaurants in Columbia, Missouri, consistently make such delicious food? Well, the short answer is they have access to the right kitchen tools. And with Made In's professional quality cookware and kitchenware, anyone is capable of making restaurant quality food at home. And Made In products are made to last, and they offer a lifetime guarantee. With over 28,000 five-star reviews, these products are used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. So right now, Made In is offering our listeners 15% off their first order with the promo code LOCKEDON. So this is the best discount available anywhere online for Made In products. So go to madeincookware.com slash LOCKEDON and also use the promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com slash LOCKEDON. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Made in better cookware for better meals. By the way, just quickly here, as I was going over 
the Central Michigan Chippewas schedule from 2020, I couldn't help but notice that five out of their six games were nationally televised on either ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, or the CBS Sports Network with only their final game being streamed on ESPN3. So that's not national television, but it's national streaming too. So my point is we may have reached the point where we have too much football on television, ladies and gentlemen, if every Central Michigan game is available. But of course, allow me to be a hypocrite and say that I won't complain about all of the Missouri football games being nationally televised in 2021, including, of course, the Boston College game. And that really is the type of game back in the day that probably wouldn't have been nationally televised, not not exactly as a marquee big-time college football game, but with the landscape changing so much, of course it will be. And fortunately, all of us Missouri fans will get to take in that particular football game. But obviously, you got to look at this game as a toss-up, I think, at best. Boston College had a nice season in 2021, finishing 6-5 and five overall in the ACC Conference. And obviously, any Power 5 road game is fraught with some peril as the really quite good Missouri team from 2018 figured out when they went to Purdue. Obviously, Missouri a much better team than Purdue had turned out that season, but in early season action against the Boilermakers, well, the Tigers had all they could handle with that team. So when it comes to the downside, I could certainly see a world where Missouri drops its first two games on the road, starting off at 2-2, two and two, which then, if that were to happen, Missouri would get a chance to bounce back at home against the Tennessee Volunteers and their new coach, Josh Heupel. Now, just to state the obvious, since Tennessee beat Missouri last season, well, you can't chalk this one up as an automatic victory by any stretch of the imagination, nor can you ever against the Volunteers, although the Tigers have fared pretty well against Tennessee over the years. Last year withstanding, certainly. Well, the last two years, I suppose. But with Tennessee firing Jeremy Pruitt, and frankly, Tennessee wasn't even that good last year either. They happened to probably peak against Missouri early in the season last year. But with Josh Heupel in the fold, I think there's definitely going to be some growing pains, a a totally new style of offense under Heupel as compared to what the Volunteers were running under Jeremy Pruitt, but also just in general. Anytime you've got a new coach, and gosh, how many coaches has Tennessee had the last 10, 15, 20 years? It seems like they're cycling into a new one every two or three seasons there's just for as much talent as Tennessee gets and you know they're not on on par with Alabama or Georgia or anybody like that but maybe a, a tier or two down Tennessee is certainly there but the utter lack of continuity that that program has had for for decades now I just don't see them having a great first year under Heupel. I really don't. So I'm actually more confident about that game than I am certainly Kentucky and Boston College, but you can't chalk it up either. So worst case scenario, Missouri starts two and three with a chance to bounce back against North Texas at home. Now, North Texas, of course, is an FBS program, 
But they were pretty horrendous last year. So, yes, indeed, we're going to be quick and just chalk that one up. Yes, I think the mean green are going down hard to the mean Tigers of Columbia. So, ultimately, while 3-3, three and three, I think, would be the extreme downside and not particularly likely, obviously 6-0 and oh isn't the most likely upside scenario either. So, to me, it seems like a 5-1, and one, a 4-2 four four start are the most two likely outcomes for Missouri. And what as of today, you know what? I'll just say we split those two games on the road against Boston College and Kentucky. Not sure which way I'm leaning there yet. Probably depends on if Kentucky has anyone who can throw a forward pass this season for the first time in a couple years. But I think that's what I'll go with as of now. We'll say 5-1, and one, Tigers split on the road, and take care of business at home. And I want to talk a little basketball in the final segment, including former Missouri recruit Josh Christopher deciding to enter the NBA draft. But first, it's time to talk about the best-tasting protein bar ever, and that is Built Bar. And you know what I like about these Built Bars the most? Well, it's easy to get a snack on the go because sometimes you just get a little bit hangry during the middle of the day. Well, Built Bar has you covered because not only are these bars available in nine delicious flavors, they're high in protein and relatively low in sugar, carbs, calories, all the stuff you want to avoid. But again, 17 grams of protein in most of the flavors. And again, if you want to figure out which flavor is best for you, certainly try a mix box and you'll get two of each and you'll be able to lock in on your palate. So go to buildbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at buildbar.com. Well, you might have seen me quote tweet something on Twitter the other day at Locked on Mizzou, or you can follow me, of course. And that was about which NBA star complains the least. And I said MPJ, Michael Porter Jr. Now, <laughs> a lot of people might quibble that MPJ is a star. I don't know. Maybe he's certainly not a superstar yet, but if you score 19 points a game on over 40% from three, over 50% from the floor, you're reaching star status pretty quickly. And I stand by the thing that, guess what? Michael doesn't complain, and that's one of my favorite aspects of him. He just balls and keeps his head down. And in fact, one of my favorite things about watching Michael this past year is the guy just seemed like he was having a great time. He just had a big smile on his face painted on him almost at all times when when good things were happening for Denver he just seems like a positive guy so I really hope that his his back that flared up again in the last round of the playoffs where Denver was eliminated that was a big factor for Denver too he just wasn't quite as effective but gosh I really hope this back thing doesn't linger because obviously Again, I was happy to see the guy be happy because he had a long two, three-year stretch there of trying to get back from being you know, the toast of the town, essentially, a presumed top one or two style pick and then wondering, gosh, am I ever going to play basketball again? I'm just happy for the kid, and again, I hope this back thing doesn't linger. But speaking of precocious young basketball players, well, we all know that 
Missouri was going hard after the nephew of Nicodemus Christopher, our former strength coach, and that's Josh Christopher, who played at Arizona State. Had a decent year with the Sun Devils, of course, but at 19 and a half years of age, decided to put himself into the NBA draft. And, well, I couldn't help but notice latest ESPN mock after the NBA lottery just happened. Josh going 34th overall to the Oklahoma City Thunder by their estimation. Now that's an early round, second a second rounder, right? And to most people, they think, okay, well, if you get picked in the first round, that's a guaranteed contract. But if you're in the second round, you're kind of screwed. Well, the reality is, is most of these guys who get picked highly in the, in the, in the second round do end up signing some sort of guaranteed money type deal. But I got to wonder, though, if you're Josh Christopher, the 34th overall pick, is that not worth maybe coming back to Arizona State for a season or maybe entering the transfer portal and coming to Missouri? But seriously, though, this whole notion of you just have to get into the draft as quickly as you can now, I understand it on some level but because obviously – Scouts are very fickle and nitpicky. And oh, you're 19 and a half. Well, if you're 20 and a half, I don't know. You might be getting a little long in the tooth now. There's certainly a bias toward young players that's been there for 20 years now, maybe longer. But still, at a certain level, it just bothers me that we have a a guy who's basically an unpolished gem at a certain point. Josh Christopher is a guy who is going to blossom, who has a absolute all the talent in the world. He can blossom into a, a great basketball player, no doubt about it. I'm just worried that when we push these guys into the next level too quickly, they lose a little bit of something, and maybe they don't reach the upside that they could have otherwise. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking this. This sort of discussion has been around for years. I'm not talking about guys going in the top five or even the top ten or or maybe even guaranteed first-round picks. I'm not telling you not to leave under that circumstances. But if you're being projected to go in the second round, you're telling me you can't bet on yourself for one more year and, and maybe still be a second-rounder next year? I, I just I don't know. There's a balance there that I still think we're trying to find in the world of basketball that is certainly not there yet. That's my main point because – I just think it would be better for Josh Christopher's development if he spent another year as a top option, a top player on some sort of team. Because next year, whether he makes an NBA roster or not, the odds are he's going to be spending most of that season on the bench. And I I just don't know how you get better on the bench versus actually getting real game reps. I mean, certainly you can train, you can do individual stuff, you're going to be in practice, but the game experience, that's just something, and just simply learning how to win and overcome real game situations, I just don't think that can be replicated. So if I were Nicodemus Christopher, I'd be a little worried about my nephew's development if he's just rotting on the end of the bench for Oklahoma City next year especially if he really does go to the Thunder that's a team that's not even really trying to win right now either so again to me the college experience does still have a lot of value that is less obvious than the paycheck you might get in the NBA next year 
But with all that being said, if you're somebody like Trey Young, certainly leave college after a year. Go get picked in the top five and secure the bag. Nothing wrong with that, and it's certainly working out for him. And today on the Locked On Today podcast, you can find out how Trey and the Atlanta Hawks are continuing to roll through these NBA playoffs and get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. And follow Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.